Yeah, well, I save room for the important stuff. I know. It's like you remember nothing else. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Geek Chew. I'm Eamon. And I'm Charlene. And tonight we're going to be talking about the CW's TV series, The Flash, that just wrapped up with its season finale, and Image Comics series, Witches, by Scott Snyder, with art by Jock. Um, so I don't know. What you been doing this week? This week? Yeah. Well, not much. We we did go to the uh, we being me, you, and the kids. We, we went to the San Antonio Museum of Art, which was our first trip down there. So that was fun. That was fun and I nice. Was, I was very excited about how excited Tegan was. Yeah. And she was like, "I should have brought my notebook because there's so many things I can draw here." And I thought that was great. Yeah. Our little artist. Yeah, it wasn't a huge place, but it had. A lot of stuff in it, you know, a lot of wings and four mm-hmm. floors, and um, so that was fun. And uh, I was th- I was listening to um, the Smart People podcast from this week, and um, I think it was Michael Uslin was on. He was the guy that um, he bought the rights to Batman uh, for basically for filmmaking purposes, like back in the early eighties and it was kind of different cause you know, the podcast is usually kind of business centric, mm-hmm. how to grow your business or be a better leader, whatever. Um, I mean, I like the podcast. I listen to it every week, but this one, um, they talked a lot about, I mean, it basically took them 10 years to get the Batman movie made in 1989 with Michael Keaton and uh, Jack Nicholson. But, uh, and he's been, he's been involved with all the Batman movie properties, you know, since then, it sounds like, um, as executive producer, he's written some Batman stuff, but, um, he's also started this, um, this free course, like a five week course. I think I, I saw it uh, online uh, in April, like right before the actual course started, I didn't enroll. It was one of those free courses through the Smithsonian. Oh yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, you mentioned this. Yeah. I, I didn't know that he was one of the instructors, but he and Stanley and, um, Michael Uslan's son, I guess are the three people who teach. It's like a five week course for free through the Smithsonian. But he was talking about, uh, yeah, is there, as they're working with the Smithsonian to come up with the, um, the course, how they, they brought him down to like the vault and the Smithsonian went through all this old comic stuff that they have locked away down there. I just thought that was cool. None of that was on display at the San Antonio Museum. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Little um, tie in there. Yeah. But it was, Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to take that 
that course too, you know, it's free and sounds pretty interesting. I assume that it's going to be available more than once. But yeah, with any luck, and then we can look into maybe doing that. What about you? I have had a whole week of not doing anything productive, I guess. I feel like that anyway, although I should really give myself some credit back to the gym this week. But, um, I don't know, thanks to someone we know, I'm now super addicted to Marvel Puzzle Quest. Mm-hmm. So that's taking up a lot of my time. And it's easy for me to disengage from the real world and just bury myself into matching little colors on a screen. Um, yeah, it looks really complicated. I watched you for about two minutes last night and I was like, yeah, this doesn't look like it's for me. It's not complicated <laughs> per se, but it like gets complicated in like the weird special moves. And I'm not like really sure I understand exactly how it works. There's definitely a strategy. I'm not positive that that's something I'm going to get into all the way as far as trying to yeah, no myself to a pro, but you know, it's fun right now. And also the circle app, it's just called circle. I've just been tapping my thumb on the screen on my I got, phone. I got a new high score today, 70, not, not anywhere close to Courtney's, but I still cannot break my other high score Yeah, of 53. Which I was so proud of. And now <laughs> it's it's just depressing. So that, and then also trying to keep up with The Bachelorette, which I have not watched these shows in forever. And for some reason now I'm all interested in them again. Probably because it's easy to, to watch them on Hulu Plus and just catch up instead of, you know, needing to be in front of the television while they're playing live. But something like junk food addicting about launching the bachelorette. And I know that you're totally not into that, but it's like you get sucked into like the horribleness of these people. <laughs> and like, and the, oh, and you're just, I don't know. It's like a train wreck and you can't look away. So, you know, the kids would like to watch it with me when I have it on, if they're home. <laughs> Great. <laughs> It's very, you know, wholesome family viewing. You know, we did watch, or I watched with the kids this past weekend, X-Men, Days of Future Past, because they hadn't seen it. They didn't come with us when we saw it in theaters. Um, And they got a huge kick out of the the Quicksilver scene um, where he's, you know, running around the kitchen there in the the Pentagon. Um, You know, when it was over, they were both like, that is the best movie scene I've ever watched (laughs) (laughs) it's a pretty good one okay um but yeah it was it was really good um i think their rendition of quicksilver was a little more entertaining than the than the one from avengers different it's different different. Um, i think they need to maintain a different you know there are different properties right as far as the movie rights ownership i can't like yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I think is that why they must have. Well, I don't want to get. Well, I guess they didn't. Away, I didn't. I guess they didn't even call him Quicksilver in the, in the movie. They he, just used his his name, like his regular name. Yes, Peter, right. whatever, some Russian name, <laughs> Maximov. Yes. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that was about it. We had our book club meeting, which mm-hmm. is basically just me and some of your friends that I'm <laughs> acquainted with. I mean, I. I liked it. I just, I don't have any friends that I can think of 
off the top of my head that would even be remotely interested. Yeah, they're not so much book club people, I guess, but um well, I actually just got somebody else today at work who was like, "Oh, maybe we, you know what would be fun if we did like a little book club." And I was like, "Okay, so we'll see how that goes." You know, it's hard to get people to commit to that kind of thing, especially when you all work together and you know, trying to coordinate that kind of meeting when, you know, everyone has the same time off or whatever. But, I mean, in my line of work anyway. Yeah. But, but it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. It's always uh, strange to be on a Skype call for two hours and it didn't feel like not hours, run out of things to say. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, we talked about more than the book, but I like we, we read The Buried Giant, which was good. I thought it was good as well. Yeah. I was actually, that's what sort of brought up this other book club idea was uh, this girl at work, you know, because I lent her my copy of Never Let Me Go. And um, she said she was having, you know, she just read a, a Jillian Flynn book, Sharp Objects, which she wrote before she wrote um, Ellen Girl. And how, like, exciting and, like, you know, suspenseful that is. And then trying to go from that to reading Never Let Me Go, which is sort of very um, paced and uh, even all the way through. Like, there's not really any, like, high or low or any high highs or low lows. You know, it's, um, you know, it's just a, it's a different experience. So she said she was having a little trouble getting through you know, the first bit to get her, like, you know, over that hurdle of the meat, uh, you know, getting into the meat of the story. But anyway, none of that's really that important. No. Um, are you all prepped for today's discussion? Because I'm less than prepped, but I think that I have some smart things going on in my brain <laughs> right now. That will lead to intelligent and meaningful discussion about these two topics. I'm sure you do, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it like that, it sounds a little condescending. I know you're not being condescending, but I'm just saying. Oh, no, I was then. <laughs> but in a funny way. No, I didn't. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Moving on. Yeah, we'll, we'll start with The Flash, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so... This was the first season of the new Flash TV show, which is part of this new, um, well, obviously there's been a kind of a superhero in motion picture entertainment renaissance over the past decade or so, starting with, I don't know, probably Batman Begins. Yeah. Um, which kind of re resuscitated everything after the disaster of Joel Schumacher's Batman. But I think like the, the TV stuff really probably, um, caught on and, uh, was able to be successful with arrow, which just finished its third season and how it kind of, I like how it ties in to the flash. You know, they, they yeah, so have crossovers awesome. all the time and, the Flash was first seen, I think, in season two of The Arrow. Um, but The Flash is definitely a different tone yes. than The Arrow. Arrow is a lot darker, I guess. And The Flash... Less family-friendly. 
I guess. Yeah. But not really like you can't watch it with the family. But right. Just not Era as, was. Yeah. Yeah. Flash is lighter and it's got a lot, a lot of humor kind of peppered in there. More. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Not a ton. It's not a comedy, but you know. Right. Um, so Grant Gustin is the Flash. And I had no idea that that was that guy's name. Yeah. I had to look it up before we started. So uh, the only other person I, I really. Uh, am familiar with well I guess it's not true <laughs> never mind but they did uh, give a little nod to the old TV show in several ways throughout this first season uh, the old TV show The Flash from the early 90s that I had no idea existed by yeah way. I, it was so awesome for me <laughs> when I was in elementary school but um, you know there there were fewer options back then. I guess we did purchase the first or the pilot episode of that old TV series yes. when the new Flash started, um, and it was it was difficult. We didn't really make it through. But I couldn't make it through that at all. I I tried. I tried real hard, honey. Yeah. <laughs> I just was like, I can't waste any more time watching this ridiculousness. Uh, so I don't know when. When the show was getting started before it had aired and photos started leaking out and everything, we saw pictures of the costume and everything. It was kind of like, ooh, I don't know how that's going to look. But yeah, because it looked really like... Um, it's very subdued. Noir. It's not very superhero-y. Yeah, noir, noir. is good. Yeah. Um, that's not really how that's I... That's not the tone of the show. Right. And that's not how I saw it. Now that I've watched a whole season with the costume... You calling it noir makes it sound kind of cool. But when I looked at the picture before the season, I was like, oh, so there's that. Uh, but, you know, five minutes in, well, as soon as The Flash shows up and he's in that costume, you don't really care because the show's really good, I think. Um, I like that it does the, um, you know, sort of weekly filler issues or not issues but episodes where um you know there's like the villain but there's also the the longer running you know story of the ultimate goal for this season which i know is something that's pretty typical in like a what is it a 22 episode run i think it was 23 but yeah it's so you know they they can't really tell the story that's going to be a quality story that i don't know I know that that's difficult to do without having some sort of of the filler episodes. I feel like I missed some of those because I know that I haven't seen every episode like you and the kids have. But um, it's good because I don't feel like I missed anything important in those episodes. I like how how much they tie in stuff from the comic books. Like they're constantly introducing new characters from the books and you know stuff that uh, or storylines from the Flash that. I didn't, you know, even know existed before we started reading the new 52 stuff with, with the Manipal and Buccellato, um, their, their run on the flash that we both really liked and the speed force and mm-hmm. all that, the time travel stuff and the vibrations like in the old TV show, which is all I really knew about the flash before we picked comics back up. He was all I remember about him was he was he was fast. <laughs> really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that they use 
the the show writers use the introduction of the villains and and things um, as as a way for Barry to understand his powers more and like learn how to use them more. So I'm I'm sort of excited to see in the next season now that he's got a lot more. You know, this is wrapped up. Most of the learning has happened. And so just to see, like, the meat of the show and where it goes for season two. Yeah, I, I'm very interested, especially since... Yeah, it left off in a crazy spot. Yeah, again, the kids were upset <laughs> with the television because they're... Um, well, I don't know why I'm blaming them. Cliffhangers aren't great for me either. But I thought the finale did a, a really, really good job. It was like... Uh, it was pretty emotional mm-hmm. um, for for the show, and I think they pulled it off really well. And then, as things are winding down, uh, you know, you think maybe that's going to be the end of the season. And then this new issue pops up, and they just kind of fade to black <laughs> quickly, like, or cut to black. But um, I don't know. Did did the show live up to your expectations? Um, yeah, I mean, I think with me, I don't really, I don't put a lot of expectations into things like that that I didn't have. If I didn't already have like a, a whole lot of, you know, um, vested interest from like childhood, for example, um, and like the, like the My Little Pony stuff. This is just the, like the only thing I can think of from my childhood that's like now back and like huge that I was also really into. You know, um, that, that would have been something that I was like really, you know, concerned about. But when it was something like this that I just only had sort of a peripheral knowledge of and and, and a small understanding, but it wasn't like meaningful in some way to me from my childhood. It, I don't think I give any real expectations. So, so long as it's not boring, you know, like how Gotham got kind of boring for me. Like I just lost interest. Um, so, I mean, I guess in that respect, yes, it le- lived up to my expectations as far as it being an enjoyable show and a show that I wanted to keep on watching, but I didn't have any base expectations for it. Well, did you have like a favorite episode? No, is that weird and terrible? I don't pick favorites like that. I guess you know. I don't. I don't really either. Like, while we're watching, but I just I was thinking about it today, and the the last episode was really good. But I think my favorite one, and I don't know if you even saw this one, the where he has to stop the tsunami. Mm-hmm. You did see that. And he travels yeah. back. Into, that's it's a good the first time he travels back in time. I thought that was a really good episode. Uh, you know, things like blur together for me. Like, I don't... Your memory of, of those kinds of things is really, really good. Yeah, well, I save room for the important stuff. I know. Like, you remember nothing else. So, I'm, I'm exactly the opposite. I remember everything else and not television and movies. Like, I have to make a real concerted effort. When we're watching a movie to, you know, 
be able to pull things from it because I really experience it as like a big whole, like a one big piece. Like it all, I'm just taking it all in. That was a good one though. I like how they did that with the time travel and you're just sort of like, what? I don't understand. And then they reveal it. And um, I mean, I feel like I want to say something more, but I can't really like put my words in a good place to, to communicate <laughs> that. Um, what about you? Well, I mean, that, that was my, I think, favorite episode from what I remember. I don't, I don't remember each individual episode, but, um, I really like how many characters they introduce from the comics that even I know, uh, DC, at least on the CW network is, is pretty much killing it with TV where as Marvel is having more success, I think cinematically as opposed to on, on TV. But, um, you know, they're taking characters from the flash, like captain cold and, um, no, I was going to say for the legends of tomorrow, the, the new TV show that's coming out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, firestorm, firestorm. Yeah. But characters from arrow, like the atom from, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a like four minute trailer out for that new show. That Very looks exciting. pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and big. It looks big, just like a big production. You it know. It does seem, you know, like on a grand scale for sure. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I just I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to season two. Did you have anything else on on the Flash? Nope. No. No, I think that's it. You want to move on? Yeah. So witches. Okay. Witches is a, I'm going to have to read it like two more times, I think, because there's so much packed in. I know you got a chance to look over some of it again. Yeah. I couple days. Well, just tonight I just went through it's the first run just ended six issues. And I remember, I mean, it seems like it's, I don't know if they came out month to month, if it's only been six months, but just having them spaced out like that, it's still a good read every time you pick up an issue. But I I just kind of skimmed through all six in a row. And it was the combination, I think, of having read it all once and then reading it all together. It was, it was just a really good and tight story that kind of got lost, I think, in separating each issue. Um, even though I enjoyed them separately. But I was always excited when it came out. I didn't feel like I needed to go review the issue before as it was coming out, you know, month to month. But I think as far as a story as a whole, you do maybe get a little bit more out of it by reading it together. Do you want to do like a brief synopsis of yeah, I mean, the story without maybe trying to give away too much? Yeah. I mean, basically it's this family, uh, mother, daughter, father that kind of have this tragic thing occur where they live and then they have to, or they don't have to, they decide for for reasons to pick up and move somewhere else and see if they can get a fresh start because their daughter is traumatized and the wife is, I don't know, paralyzed from the waist down after some car accident. Um, And where they move, there are these, witches these characters in in the woods that kind of prey on the 
darkest um, parts of humanity. And yeah, and it's not what you would what you think of as traditional witches, as far as you know the creepy hags and the living in a cottage made out of gingerbread or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, they're, they're just kind of these creepy creatures. Creepy monster. Um that live in the trees. And yeah, it's, it's all pretty frightening. It's really well done. Uh, I like the backstory with, with where Scott Snyder's, you know, um, ideas for the story started. Yeah. The essays in the back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I think, I mean, from what I've seen, Scott Snyder's talked about how they thought that this was just going to be like a small series. And the response has been kind of overwhelming where, I think it's for a couple reasons. One is I don't think anything at this point that Scott Snyder does is going to be a small series. You know, he's right. He's at the top of the, at the top of his game, kind of at the top of the comics industry, basically one of the best writers out there. Right. Um, at least most popular. I mean, I like all the stuff he does basically. Um, but I think on the other hand, popularity aside, one of the reasons that people really uh, have enjoyed the series is it's very, not only is the story personal, but he adds that personal stuff at the end and talks about his struggles and um, the shortcomings and fears that he deals with and why he put that stuff in these stories. I I think that's a big part of why people relate to the books, even though they're this fantastical horror genre story. But, um, yeah. What were you going to say about them? (laughs) Um, No, I mean, basically, you know, I mean, those same sentiments that, you know, but I, I don't think that there's really anything else out there. I mean, there's a whole lot of, SF out there and a lot of horror and monster things and, um, you know. Yeah, we don't read a lot of horror comics, per se, I guess. I feel like we we do kind of, I I feel like we have a a decent um, selection of of those kinds of things that are just a little bit on the darker side. Yeah, I guess so. What do you think it is about... the kind of thing I really enjoy now, though. Yeah. I mean, especially when it's done like this, um, there's just so much, um, tension and, uh, suspense, which, um, you know, if I were trying to create a comic book, I don't even know how I would get that across on a, on just a page, you know, but they do it really well. I was curious if you knew why. Like, what brings that suspense to the surface well, in, the, in this book, particularly? I think, I mean, a lot of the artwork, I mean, obviously I don't, I can theorize, but, um, I mean, a lot of the artwork, it's very um, gritty, sketchy, not crisp. Um, so your eye is sort of moving around a lot. There's a lot to take in, a lot to see. Um and there's so much going on and it's, there are places where it's really fast paced and 
that's conveyed really well um, in the in the art and like you just get that sort of feeling of um, motion motion and things being unsettled and um, but then you know there's um, you know times when I don't I, not slower I mean but you know where things are paced a little bit differently. I think the pacing is is really good as far as the different parts of the storytelling. Um, you know, uh, so, I mean, pacing has a lot to do with how suspense builds. I mean, in, in every genre, genre. So, um, I think it's really well paced, and 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 as far as you know, the writing and the artwork go. I mean, that's you know. It's it's great to have great artwork. It's great to have great writing. A lot of times you get both together, especially now because there's so much talent out there. But to have um, a real, a really, really working collaborative effort that is suited for a specific story, I think is harder to find. And that's something about this story that I really like, you know, and same with, um, with Scott Snyder and Albuquerque for, you know, American Man. vampire, you know, and just Murphy in the way. Okay. Right. And, um, you must also, just know how to pick who he, who he works, who with. works with for <laughs> his storytelling. Um, you know, well, it? even like, um, I, th- I feel like revival, uh, Tim Seeley and Mike Morton. Is that right? Um, you know, like, I think when I first started reading that and I was asking someone about it and I was like, you know, like, it just seems like it's really well collaborated on. And I found out that they like really work right next to each other, literally. And so, you know, just like developing that right kind of collaboration, I think really lends itself to making an intensely good book. Yeah. Yeah. And they've, they've collaborated before. I'm not sure how many times, but I know they definitely, um, did Batman together in the Detective Comics, the Black Mirror story. Which I haven't read yet. And I saw in an interview with Scott Snyder that he feels like he owes, you know, we said earlier, or I said earlier, that he just must, you know, pick the people that he works with really well. But um, in an interview I saw, he was like, yeah, Jock really took a chance on me with Detective Comics because I was basically an unknown and uh, he was pretty established and. Um, he just liked the story that Scott Snyder had to tell. So, but yeah, as far as the artwork, I, I was going to ask you, and I think it, it probably just lends to what you said already was, um, you know, just a lot going on and a lot to look at, but see what you thought specifically of, um, and I, this is the first book I've seen it done in. I don't know if it's in anything else, but the, the paint splatter that's kind of superimposed, over every page. What I, you know what? I've seen that in something else, and I can't, I can't pull it out of my memory. Um, but something where there's sort of like a an overlay of discoloration, uh, not done in exactly the same way. And maybe it was another of work by the same artist, Jock. I'm not sure, but I know I know I've seen like a similar technique used before in comics. Um, I don't know. I mean. What that does for me as a reader and a viewer is um, it, it gives it um, like a feeling of like surrealness, I think. Um, 
but I don't, I don't think that it's done in a way that pulls you out of the story and keeps you separated from the story. You know, um, I think any, any work that, that makes, that's too self-aware like that is difficult for me to get any enjoyment or not any, but you know, to, to fully appreciate. Um, but I think that that does, you know, just adds sort another layer of intensity to, um, the hectic nature of a lot of what's going on in the book. And that like, you know, um, not sure if it sort of, um, calls to, some of the, like, maybe it's, like, a little bit more meta than that. You know, I'd have to go back and, like, really look at it. Maybe it's, you know, part of a story that's being told. Uh, I know that there is some, like, storytelling within storytelling going on in, in I think it was the last issue, or the second to last. Um, I think that's, I mean, that's through the whole th- yeah. first arc, really. So, There's a lot of that. And so I'm not sure if, you know... Maybe that support a uh, sort of like a I don't know what they what they call that stuff that gets all over things. But if it's like maybe like a splattering of that green, the pledge, the pledge stuff, you know, sort of you know mixed over this, yeah. and, it, and maybe it's like. Um, journal form basically you know the storytelling and sort of supposed to have that feel or or what but you know um it it just it definitely adds i guess layers is is the best thing i have to describe that sort of yeah i think it's the back of issue three two or three might be three but they they kind of give the process of the layering that they do you know, starting with jock sink and moving to the color and then um, all the way up to the paint splatter being superimposed. All the paint splatters hand hand done with watercolors and acrylics and stuff is what it says. But which is amazing. And then do they and then they layer oh I didn't read that one. So. Well it's not yeah, it's I mean there isn't too much Do they do like uh, a digital verbiage. scan and then it doesn't really I mean Right. Um but going back to some of the plot of of the arc, uh, you know, the witches in, you know, this area is supposed to have one of these burrows that's particularly deep and um, dangerous or whatever, but uh, you get the impression that there's they're more spread out than this one town area, but they've pretty much taken control of at least quite a few people in the town um and what they do is they have all these scientific advances and they have these medicines and stuff that basically give you whatever you want and you have to like pledge somebody to them like an actual person that's the the basic i think theme of the the story is the darkness and people and Mm -hmm. um and that you know, kind of works up to that. There was this one scene in the last issue that was extra creepy with where they're all kind of closing in on the house and everybody's outside chanting, you know, pledged is pledged. 
and the witches are behind these people that are crouched down. I thought it was uh, really well done. Um, but the, the actual ending, like the last kind of splash page kind of threw me. What did you think of that? I thought it was a little on the nose. Like I, I know what they were going for and I know what their point was. Um, as far as where the story is it's not fresh moving in my forward. Mind. Yeah. All right. Because um, it, it has been, you know, what, maybe a little bit less than a week since I looked at that last page. And like I said, I don't remember it. I kind of remember it as a whole. Um, I mean, there are certain images that stood out to me. Yeah. That wasn't one of them. It was I just the dad guess. being like, on to the next chapter. You know, basically. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but well, I, I thought feel like that, was... that that was. I mean, you're, it is. I guess you know. I guess on the nose is one way to look at it. I, I also see it as, you know, it's just the end and the continuation of the narration that's been going on throughout the whole thing. Yeah, and I don't want to the... give away too much. So yeah, but on my second read through, it, it it didn't seem as off to me, but. Um, I mean, overall, the series so far is great, and I, I'm looking forward to the second arc. And yes. that last issue was um, that's Intense. that's a way to wrap something up, yeah. <laughs> wrap up a storyline. Um, but yeah, th- did you have anything else on on witches? No. What uh, what's your notable for this week? Well, you know what it is, because because I texted you an idea and, <laughs> and I ran with it running with it and get a chance to look up um, the site so hopefully you have that handy or we can just post the link to it but um, you found on Twitter the Spider Gwen hoodies which at one point were available for pre-order through a certain website and then you know that was just like a limited batch and no longer available and now they're kind of got the impression that those were like handmade (laughs) <laughs> yes, definitely, you know, small batch services there, um, limited quantity. And um, what I'm mostly excited about, though, and if I don't end up with a pair, I'm probably going to be very sad, and by probably I mean I'm going to be very sad, are the Spider-Gwen leggings. Mm-hmm. There are several pairs, but... One of the things I really love about the Spider-Gwen books are the covers and the colors on the covers and um, the, that kind of art and the, the, the colors and the design, just like sort of that, that graphic is totally up my alley as yeah. far as like the kind of artwork that I want to be doing. Um, yeah, they and, have like... Um little mini posters that they got at cons of art like that up on the walls at our comic shop that I would like to have some yeah I mean, <laughs> they're beautiful to look at and they're uh, I mean I just I love them yeah. and so I could buy them in legging form and wear them every day every day okay yeah. <laughs> well, I could get like a couple of pairs and wear them every day I love leggings and I love spider Gwen and I, it's like the perfect combination of things that I love and so everyone should order them we love fine.com yeah is where they're at excellent so but, I would like to get some yeah spider Gwen is a good 
It's a good book. It is a good book. I like it. I like, um, you know, it's, I feel like it's hard to do something different and fun with Spider-Man that doesn't feel too campy or um, just overdone. I don't know. I mean, I, don't know. I really like the uh, Superior Spider-Man. Yes, one that they just... it's good. But this is as far as like a another iteration of the spider hero character. I feel like that this does a really good job. Yeah, with that story. The alternate universe. They take it in a completely mm-hmm. different direction, and I, I like that they works. completely. I like. I love the costume. I mean, we have for a while. I, I've frequently checked for the Spider Gwen hoodie. I wish I could wear one. But <laughs> 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 Not really my color scheme, probably. Um, but you know. I would like a hoodie and some leggings, though. Noted. And noted. Mm-hmm. What about you? What's your notable? Um, well, there's just been a lot of uh, photos, and whether they were official or leaked photos of the uh, the new Suicide Squad movie. Um, that was, uh, I'm not sure when it's coming out, but they're filming now in, in Toronto and, um, you know, it's got Jared Leto as the new Joker and, um, Margot Robbie as Haley. Who is that? Um, she's in that, she's in the new Will Smith movie, Focus. Oh, okay. Will Smith is also in it. But anyway, she's, um. Harley Quinn, not Haley. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Batman is also going to be in it, and obviously he's after the Joker. So um, that up until this point, up until this point, I've just kind of followed uh, developments for Suicide Squad loosely, but then uh, got to see some... Batman in action, just cell phone footage from the streets, and uh, you know, there's a bunch of other pictures up on Instagram that you can see collected and on comicbookresources.com and um, you know, David Ayers is directing it, who uh, I haven't really seen too many of his movies. I, I mean, I think he did Training Day. I'm not sure in what capacity if he directed it or wrote it or both. Um, which obviously we've seen, but End of Watch and Fury are both supposed to be pretty good movies that look really, really well directed. So while there are things to be concerned about with some of the images that have come out um, of the movie, you know, people were none too happy when, (laughs) I guess, for the most part, there was some outcry when the pictures of the Jared Leto Joker were released, and there's always yeah, and he—it's just he's got uh, big shoes to fill with Heath Ledger, That's uh, true. but Jared Leto's pretty good in his own right, I think. He's just, I think, really talented. I can't imagine that he's going to do. I mean, this is an important movie for this catalog of characters. I can't imagine that they would. Um, that casting crew, casting directors would 
pick him just for his pretty face, you know, which gets covered up, I'm sure, because it's the Joker. I haven't seen any pictures, but anyway, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So that was it. Excited um, about Suicide Squad. Yeah. Cool. You know. I guess that'll probably wrap up this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always. It's nice are... talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> we so rarely get to catch up. Well, you know, it's enjoyable. But uh, we are on Twitter at GeekChew, and we have our website at uh, www.geekchew.com. The podcast is there. It's also on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe, rate. Review. Or just contact us. Uh, We can also be reached via email Mm -hmm. at geekchew at gmail.com. But I guess that's about it. You have anything else? No, I'm good. You? Nope. It was fun. It was smart. We liked it. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.